Before we get into this podcast, let me tell you about another podcast that I host. It's a collaboration with Flying Dog Brewery in Frederick, Maryland, and it is all about the lifestyle of beer. Not just beer tasting, although we do drink some beer, but the lifestyle, the issues surrounding the craft beer industry and craft beer lovers in general. It's called Head Retention. Head Retention. It's available through the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Philadelphia Union, San Jose, Earth, DC, United, Los Angeles, Galaxy, Colorado Rapids, Vancouver Whitecaps, Orlando City SC, Montreal Impact, NYC FC, Seattle Sounders. Pitch Pass, your all-access credential to the people that matter in MLS. Here's your host, Greg Roach. Welcome to another edition of Pitch Pass. Thank you so much for downloading, streaming, listening to the show. All I ask in return is that you tell some of your MLS, your D.C. United loving friends about this show so that we can spread the word and uh, get more people, more ears on the podcast. If you're listening through iTunes, thanks for that. Make sure you rate or write a review for the podcast. It helps in some sort of metric way that I am too dumb to understand. Just the one guest today, but it's a good one. It's the guy who's had the, in my opinion, the hottest start to his D.C. United season this year, has had an integral part in United's four points from two matches thus far, and he's capped it all off with a call-up to the next U.S. Men's National Team round of friendlies. You know who it is. It's Paul Ariola. He joins us right now. Hey, Paul, what's going on, man? How you doing, Roach? I am fantastic. Uh, what, what's going on in your world? What are you up to right at this second? Right at this second, just hanging out with the pups uh, in the backyard, enjoying enjoying the uh, not so cold weather for once. Yeah, it's, it's very nice. It's supposed to stay this way for a while. Um, it did. You said pups. I feel like everybody got puppies this off season. Did you just fall in line with everybody else's uh, puppy obsession? No, no, no. I've had uh, I've had dogs for a couple years now, um, but they're both the ones two. Um, and the other two are one year old each. So, so you're, say, was, you're saying got, Russell followed you and not vice versa. One hundred percent. Okay. All right. That's good to know. It's good to know. Now you know what I'm going to ask you because Russell did something else this off season that you did not follow through with. I talked to uh, Burnbaum a couple of weeks ago. I know Jared Jeffrey also took the leap. Uh, what's, what's your story, Paul? You're, you're looking around. And you're seeing all your bachelor teammates taking the plunge. <laughs> Eventually, eventually, taking it slow, man. <laughs> taking it slow, taking it slow. But definitely, uh, definitely in the future, that's that's a that's a plan that uh, I'm pretty sure of. Paul, is there more pressure on you with all the expectations of DC United being an MLS Cup contender this year, or more pressure because everybody got married this off season? What 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 weighs more heavy on Paul Ariola's shoulders? <laughs> uh, you know what I would I would say uh, I would say as far as pressure I would definitely say maybe the 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 getting married part okay. uh, compared to me feeling the pressure in uh, on the field. <laughs> Paul, here's the answer when you're asked that question again, which will be never. You go, sir. Let me just tell you one thing. I'm up for any challenges that life brings my way. <laughs> there you go. That, that, you're right. That's that's the right answer. That's, that's inexperience on my part. <laughs> Uh, listen, we, you talked about the weather in uh, in the DMV, in the district, uh, and in our area being finally good for once. Uh, I was in the house uh, against Atlanta United, and I wore probably seven layers of clothing, and I was still soaked to the bone and freezing my ass off. What was it like on the field that day? 
Yeah, it was it was it was cold. It was obviously uh, it, it's been a lot better uh, since then. I'll tell you that much. It was it was a very cold night, um, but you know what? It was it was opening. It was the opening game. You know, this is what uh, not just us, but the fans have been waiting for for months now. Um, and you know, at that point, when when you're getting ready to go out there, you just say, you know what? It doesn't matter the conditions. It doesn't matter the circumstances. Our our our, our goal is to go out there and win. Um, and I think all of us in that locker room had that mentality going out onto the field, uh, even to warm up uh, against Atlanta. That's all fine and dandy, but what was it like step walking up those stairs for warmups for the first time? Were you just like, damn, it's cold? Yeah, and it wasn't so much the rain, right? Like the rain, the rain was definitely. Uh, annoying, but it, it it was cold. It was very cold. Um, at first, I didn't wear any gloves the first half, and mm-hmm. and I got into the uh, I got into the locker room at halftime, and I had to get a heating pad for my for my hands because my hands were frozen uh, on the field. When you were trying to yell uh, and communicate with with some people, your my bottom lip was uh, you know not obviously Jeez. not frozen, but it, I just couldn't really get make out the words. Um, and then after the game, uh, I think I did a I did an interview a quick interview with, I think it was ESPN right after the game. And I was so nervous because at that point, my, my bottom lift was even more cold. So I, I wasn't able to uh, really speak that well. So here I was like trying to really focus and emphasize my words uh, on national TV. So I didn't sound like a, like a Dumbo. Yeah. And you know, the other thing, which I don't think a lot of people really understand there, there's a huge snots factor as well. And you don't want to go on ESPN national TV and have the fam back in Cali check you out. And you're all snotted up. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not, man. Always checking your nose, always checking your lips, man, making sure nothing's coming out of your mouth because it's so frozen you don't know what, uh, what, what could be there. The gloves were basically useless. I saw uh, Lucho started the match with gloves. You said you, you put them on at halftime. He started the match with gloves. About 30 minutes in, he literally just took the gloves off and threw them into the stands because I assumed that they were soaked through and thus now they weren't even doing their job anymore. Yeah, 100%. No, they were... I think we need to talk to Adidas about uh, some different types of gloves because those those gloves uh, they were wet as soon as I mean probably within five minutes uh, with that rain it was just it made your hands feel uh, super heavy so yeah I mean I don't blame them um, but me I, I I had to go reverse I I didn't start with the gloves uh, and I felt it at the end of the first half and I was like there is no way I'm going out there. Uh, without gloves, and then I uh, I was I settled in to watch uh, DC United versus NYCFC, and uh, in DC that day it was like mid to upper fifties, and I was like, all right, they got better weather. Turn it on, and it's just as bad in New York as it was the week before in DC. Yeah, it actually, it actually, uh, thankfully there was there was very little rain. I think it was just drizzling uh, in in the warm ups, um, but no, it, it was it was definitely cold. Uh, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't expecting it to be that cold. But then again, uh, you know, it's, it's, this is, this is what we do, and and you just kind of deal with it and go through it. And uh, you know, speaking about that, I feel pretty, pretty happy uh, looking back on the game uh, to be able to get a point. Uh, especially, especially the way that New York City was pushing toward the end of that game. Absolutely, um, and I, I want to get into that in a second. Uh, did you, did you take uh, TT aside at all and go, hey, listen, it's not usually this cold for matches. It's not usually this rainy, and we don't usually play on fields the size of your seven v seven U eight team. Because yeah. if I'm him, I'm like, what am I got myself into here? Yeah, I actually uh, I, I didn't talk to to, to TT, but I did uh, talk to to Leonardo Hara, 
Yes. Um, it was my, it was actually my first time at uh, Yankee Stadium as well, so I was very shocked um, to see it. Uh, you know, people were really playing it down already, so I think the you know it wasn't too dramatic for me. I was expecting it. I think just based on what people were talking about. Um, but yeah, it was definitely not. Uh, you know, it's not a, it's not an ideal place to play. Um, and, and, and you know, the field is like four different uh, types of grass, and you know, it's. It's almost it almost feels like it's carpet in some in some spots and it's bumpy and it's you know it's it's just a mess to be honest. You never want to uh, uh, kind of place the schedule. I know the answer is always going to be we take every game as it comes. Uh, but as I'm watching the match, I'm thinking to myself, you know, maybe in the back of their mind, some of these guys are thinking to themselves. I'm glad we're getting this match out of the way, away to NYCFC. Just put that in our rearview mirror so we don't have to think about adjusting our style of play on the smaller pitch any more than we have to, and now we can get through the rest of the season on, on typical soccer pitches. Yeah, I mean, sure. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a tough place to play. They, you know, they, they typically play really well uh, at home. So, yeah, I think you know, it was a great game to, to kind of get out of the way, like you said. Uh, now there's a video going around. I don't know if you saw it, and I, the only reason I ask you is because you're you're bilingual, and you said you talked to Leo. Um, it, it, somebody took a video of of them heckling Leo Hara, but they're River fans, and they literally just came to the match to heckle a Boca player at a DC United NYCFC match. Did he hear that heckling at all? Did you mention that to him? No, I actually didn't see that. It's ridiculous. Um, so the guy literally the just went to the match because he's a River fan and he wanted to heckle a Boca fan or Boca player, and this was as close as he was going to get. This is the first time I've heard of this. I'm actually going to have to ask them. I'm going to have to ask him tomorrow uh, if he's heard about that. But you know what? I'm thinking about it and, and the way that the you know Argentines and 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 you know all those guys down in South America love the game so much and have passion. I mean, I would. I, I, I can definitely believe it. Uh, you know, if you're telling me that that's happened, I could definitely see that happening because, uh, you know, the passionate fans that, that, that they have, really. Let's talk about you. Um, you ended the last se- last season on a really high note, and I'm sure uh, after missing a little bit of time uh, for, for an injury that you were a little upset, not just at the way the season ended, but the form you were in that you had to stop playing soccer. Uh, but you picked right up where you left off at the last at, at the end of last season. Uh, what was the key to kind of keeping that momentum going, even with that uh, couple of month break? I think I think for me it was the drive that I had. Uh, it was really my second off season uh, in this league, um, and and the first one I don't think I prepared well enough in the off season um, coming into 2018. So prior to last year, um, you know, it took me a while to really get on board. I was in I was in a January camp and uh, took me a little while to to really, you know pick up speed and, and pick up my confidence again and then resulted into not having very good games with, with DC United at the beginning of the year. And then I was able to find my form. And once I found my form, I said, I'm not going to let this go. Um, and, and that's kind of been my mentality since. I, I, I knew going into this offseason uh, that I needed to work extremely hard and stay on top of it. It's very easy to get sidetracked um, and, and to take a break. But, um, you know, in my opinion, I think the, you know, us here in, in the United States and MLS, we have a very long break. Um, you know, it's, it's too long at times uh, for a lot of us. I know a lot of us rather be, uh, you know, getting ready for, for the season and, and, you know, having a longer season. But it is what it is. But, yeah, definitely just uh, focusing on, on, on continuing on my form, uh, staying fit, staying, always touching the ball, um, 
and you know what? To, to be honest, I felt great uh, in in January camp this year compared to last year. So, um, you know, I, I would say definitely, um, you know, happy with where I'm at now um, as far as form, and and you know, hopefully, it continues to get better throughout this season. You know, you touched on something, and I want to kind of sidebar there into like a uh, a pro player advising a young player or a youth player kind of segment of this show and you said you want to be touching the ball and and in my mind as a as a non-soccer player I think to myself well keeping your fitness up in the offseason is the biggest key but talk a little more go a little more in depth about what you mean when you say just keep touching the ball during that long offseason well I think for for me more specifically it, it's it's finishing and because I'm, an, I'm more of an attacking player it's crosses finishing um, you know, uh, I'm very active um, on the wing, so it's a lot of uh, dribbles, um, crosses, easy, like, connection play. So I have a coach, um, my high school coach, actually, back in San Diego, um, who whenever I need to train, uh, whether that's once a week, twice a week, three times a week, um, I can always go to my old high school and, and, and train with him. Um, you know, and, and it's not obviously not always perfect, um, but it's important to, to continue to do that. If you can do that and stay on top of your fitness, uh, you know, when, when preseason comes around and the loads are, are obviously overloaded and it's heavy and you're tired, uh, you, you're, you're mentally stronger and, and physically stronger as well to be uh, able to, uh, you know, understand that you can still work um, well as, you know, while you're tired. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's really important, um, trying to stay as, as technical as possible. And, you know, I think everyone knows I'm not the most technical guy. Uh, I certainly know that myself. Um, you know, I'm a very hard worker, and you know, for me to to continue to be the way that I am, I, I constantly have to work. Uh, so, so there's really no there's really no time to uh, to give up and, and to you know enjoy too much time off. We talked about uh, Leo Hara earlier in a in a kind of a fun way. He's been a big acquisition, not just for DC United and the DC United fan base. Fan base, very exciting acquisition. Uh, I would assume even more so for you. Um, walk me through the kind of the off season. Did you go into the off season thinking, ah, you know what, I'm probably going to slide back to right back? And then what were your thoughts when when the Hara acquisition was confirmed and you were like, okay. I know where I'm going to be playing. I'm going to be playing in a position where I probably feel like I'm most comfortable and where I know where I can excel. Now I can just focus strictly on that. Yeah, I definitely think, uh, you know, in the off season, it was one of those things like there's not much happening. You know, you're kind of sitting there wondering like, well, what are they going to do? Um, And and before, um, at the end of last season, uh, Ben had told me that um, they were looking, they were looking to get it right back. So I didn't have to play there. Um, and asked me about it, and I said, you know what? I obviously I think uh, my best position is, is as an outside midfielder. Um, but if you're looking at me and, and you're looking at other players, and you say that I'm I'm the best fit, and, and you guys think that that's uh, the spot for me, then of course I would be willing to try it. Um, you know, uh, not necessarily long term, but uh, you know, for for preseason coming up. And he said, okay, cool. He said we're gonna look for. We're going to look for some outside backs, so don't worry about it. And so I kind of had an idea, but, uh, you know, it, it's, you're never sure until it's concrete. And then uh, when we signed him, I was, I was excited. You know, I was excited to, um, you know, not only because it, it kind of puts me, um, you know, more up front and, and kind of more secure in, in that position, but uh, because it, he, he's a player that, that has a lot of experience and he's a South American and, you know, it, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a big deal right now. Um, the way that the MLS is growing and going toward, um, you know, purchasing South Americans and getting South Americans to come because before it was obviously a lot of Europeans and older players. 
um, that that's how you know, everyone kind of looked at the league as a, as a retirement league. And now I think it's, uh, you know, completely changing everyone's mind and, and, and definitely changing it in the way that they're going for younger players. They're looking at more uh, talented players, uh, not just from Europe, but, but South America. So I think it, it's, a, it's a great acquisition. Uh, he's a really good guy. Obviously, I think he has a lot to learn still, um, you know, being a part of the club and, and the culture of, of, of America and, and, you know, what it is to, to be with us. But uh, I think, you know, he's done great so far adjusting, uh, and, and hopefully he continues to get better. You know, and I don't want to say you were ahead of the curve, but you were definitely right at the top of the curve in that mentality. You came in uh, as a young player maybe about a year before that whole thing was flipped and that script was flipped and, and that, that mentality of this is just a retirement league kind of went out the window. So I'll give you credit. Uh, you, you saw a trend about to happen and you, and you stomped on it just as the trend was breaking. Yeah, I also, uh, you know, playing in Mexico, it, it's, it's very similar now to, to how it was in Mexico when I was there. Um, in, in the sense, like I said, uh, there's a lot of South Americans that come um, and, and, and they're, you know, the, the South Americans that come are, are, they come from clubs and they come from leagues at times that they don't pay on time and they don't, you know, they don't pay very well and they don't have a lot of, um, you know, life outside of soccer because of how passionate the fans are and how critical they are on you, uh, that they almost forget that you're a human being. Um, so I, I kind of learned about that in Mexico and I saw the trend there. Um, and, and then I saw it start to happen in the MLS. And, and when I saw Atlanta United come into the league, I said, this is, this is a team that they're doing the things right. And, and they, they were one of really the first teams to, to start that trend where, where they would purchase, um, you know, South Americans, young South Americans and invest their money into them. Um, and for them, it, you know, it worked out with Al Marone and, and obviously um, Josef, who, who is still here and wants to stay here, I think. So uh, I definitely saw that coming. Uh, the, the, the position changes that you went through last season, I would assume, uh, turn out for the best You're, I would assume you're a more well-rounded player, which makes your connection with, uh, anybody that's playing outside back behind you, uh, even more secure at knowing that they, that they know that you are not afraid to drop back and do your defensive duties if they want to push forward. Yeah, I hope so. You know, I hope that's, you know, I, I hope that, that when my teammates look at me and, and see me on the field, they know that they have a, a teammate that's going to work for them. And, and even when the things aren't going right, um, you know, I'm still there. And that's kind of who I am, you know, not just as a player, but as a person, uh, you know, really hardworking. And, and, you know, when it's time to grind, it's time to grind. And, and you know, I, we can have a lot of success. So I think, um, you know, it, it was great, obviously, having the experience to play in different positions. It, you know, it took me a lot of concentration, a lot of patience to be able to understand different positions. Um, so, I, I, you know, really, I think I've played every single spot on the right side of the field um, since I've been a professional. So uh, it's definitely been great. And I think, you know, the mentality now for me is how can I continue to grow a, a, as an outside midfielder? But at the same time, whenever my team needs me to uh, play another position, I think everyone knows, and, and including Ben, that, that I can play anywhere he, he needs me to be. I want to talk a little national team, but first, you know, again, we mentioned that that uh, you're bilingual. Uh, I, I I don't know, like it, it's an advantage, but I also assume it's probably a little bit of a of a pressure situation where I would assume that the Spanish speakers, when something happens, they immediately look to you, like, "Hey, did I hear what I heard correctly?" Uh, so I'd imagine there's a little more responsibility than normal as a normal teammate on you than uh, somebody who just maybe speaks English or just speaks Spanish. Yeah, you know, the, to to give them credit, they uh they know a lot of they they've learned a lot of English, 
um, over, over the past year, and, and obviously uh, Lucho speaks quite a bit of English, um, you know, whether people realize it or not, but, you know, he has a good understanding. I think Junior Moreno and Ulises Segura and, and a lot of them, you know, they take English classes, so they're, they're constantly trying, and, and when it comes to training, they have a very good understanding. Uh, but, yeah, no, I definitely see it as an advantage, and, and it's a way to, to also interact other than just on the field um, because obviously right now Hara doesn't speak any any English. So um, when it comes to translation, it's easy for me to talk to him and, and to get a good understanding of what he's thinking, what I'm thinking, uh, how we can make it work. And I think so far, uh, you know, being able to communicate like that has really helped us uh, on that right side of the field. What kind, What's his personality like? And that's kind of what I was, I was leading up to. You've had a chance to speak with him uh, in his own language, which is much easier to get his own personality out. Every time, I've seen, every time they cut to him on the field, he's got a big smile on his face. Sometimes a wry smile, sometimes a sarcastic smile, sometimes a, that's not a, that wasn't a foul smile. But he, he seems to be a kind of a, a happy-go-lucky kind of guy. Yeah, one hundred percent. He is. He's a bit of a goofball, to be honest. He <laughs> loves to, he loves to laugh. He loves to smile. Um, you know, for the most part, he's always happy. Um, so yeah, really good dude. Um, really good locker room guy. And and you know, I'm happy for him to be here with us. You did the January camp, brand new coach and Greg Berhalter for the national team. Uh, had to be a little bit of uh, anxiety as you go in and go, okay, am I going to be a fit for this guy's system? Had a fantastic January camp. Capped it off with a nice goal. Uh, get the confirmation that you had the good camp by getting the call in for the next round of, of matches later this month. What's it been like working with Greg Berhalter and how do you feel you fit into his system? He's been great. Greg has been, has been great from, from the first day, even before um, he had called me before January camp and talked to me a little bit and, you know, just to kind of gauge where I'm at and, and my opinion on some things. And I told him, you know, from, from, the, from the day, from day one, I said, you know, I, I know you play a certain type of system and a certain type of style. Um, you know, we played against you, um, you know, a few times in, in Columbus. So I have a good understanding of, of what it is. And I said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a system guy. I can work in a system. If you tell me to do a certain thing, I will do that. Um, I just need to have a little bit of time to learn, but, you can rely on me. And, and, you know, obviously I didn't say you can rely on me, but, but my words were, uh, you know, leading up to that. And, uh, you know, I was happy to be able to have a good performance against Costa Rica to kind of uh, solidify my spot and, and, you know, finish off with a good camp and, and to kind of show him that, uh, you know, I can be a guy that he can, he can believe in uh, to, you know, to be put out there and, and learn his system and understand his system uh, and what he, you know, how he wants to be successful. So, uh, you know, he's been very great. He's very detail-oriented, uh, you know, loves the game. He, he's a fanatic of it, um, you know, and I think, I think as long as all of us are on board um, with his system, I think we can have a lot of success. And the communication is the thing that I've heard most often. Um, it, it feels like you all, especially you personally, have a clear understanding of what your role will be uh, as you step onto the pitch for a match uh, wearing the red, white, and blue. You have no doubt in your head what your responsibilities are in whatever position you're going to be in with this coach. 100%, yeah. And I think that was, a, that was a, the, the beneficial thing of, of January camp. We were together for... Uh, I don't even know if it was four four weeks, you know, almost a month, something like that. But uh, you know, we learned a lot. We were we were in, you know, it almost felt like we were in school at times. We were sitting down learning about what to do. We would randomly get asked questions. So he definitely had us understand, um, you know, the way that that we need to play and the way that he wants everything. So I think right now, if we were to have a game tomorrow, 
Um, you know, I would I have a very good understanding of what I would need to do to to be successful and how he wants me to play. So, uh, credit to them for for you know giving us the information in the right way. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that could say that. You know, we 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 you know I feel comfortable being able to uh, you know go into a game so soon uh, and understand what I need to do. So yeah, big credit to to them and and his his entire staff. And based off of the results from from the January camp and then the kind of the 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 seeing what Greg Borhalter's system does, it it kind of for the first time since the the World Cup thing. Uh, I, as as a fan, I feel a little excitement and a little a little more energy as a fan to to watch the national team play again. And I guess for you, it was a big advantage to be in the January camp because now as we roll into the next one, uh, where the European guys join up with you, where you get the quote unquote full strength side, you already have a clear understanding of, of how to work within a system as these other guys have their first experience with the Burhalter system. Yeah, definitely. I definitely see you know, like I said, I I think the being a part of that camp was was uh, you know, a huge benefit for a lot of us, not just myself. Um, and I think it does. I think it brings a lot of excitement, not just to uh, fans, but, but also to us as players. I think uh, more than excitement, I think we, we're just kind of anxious to, to keep going and building. We know the Costa Rican team and the Panamanian team weren't, weren't the strongest teams that we're going to face um, you know, in, in this year coming up. So I think the next, the next two games are, are great tests for us. And, um, you know, it, it might be a different type of challenge when we're only together for, uh, you know, a few days before the first game and, and we have new players trying to learn, uh, you know, the system. But for the rest of us, I think, you know, we feel pretty confident. And, and as long as we do everything collectively, I think we should, we should, we should be fine. And, and I think we all have a lot of optimism about uh, what's to come. Before I let you go, I want to ask you about uh, the next match, and that'll be against Real Salt Lake uh, back at Audi Field. Um, the first question would be, I, I don't know if you had any overlap time with, with Nick Romando as far as the Nationals team is concerned. Uh, if you did, what are your thoughts on him as he announces his retirement? This will be his last season. So, of course, uh, unless there's a, unless everything falls in line and D.C. United hosts, hosts an MLS Cup final against Real Salt Lake, this is his last time in D.C. as a player. Uh, D.C. United legend, of course. What are your thoughts on Nick Romando as he enters his last season? Yeah, Nick's been great. I, I was fortunate enough to, to be in a couple camps with him. Uh, I think it was early 2016 or maybe middle 2016. Um, and, and he's been great. You know, he, he's an awesome guy uh, more than anything. He, he's a really good family guy and, you know, really friendly. Um, and obviously he's a great he's a great soccer player. He's, he's a great goalie. He's, uh, you know, I, don't, I can't even tell you how many times I got to see his uh, penalty saves all over the <laughs> internet. Um, and like you said, he's a legend. So, you know, I hope that he has a great season and, and you know, finishes, off, finishes it off just how he wants to. You came into a situation where the team was not doing well. Um, the, the stadium was still way in the future. Uh, it's a lot different these days. Uh, do you feel the excitement kind of, uh, maybe not walking around in the city, but do you feel the excitement as you, as you approach Audi Field uh, before a match, knowing that this is a team that has the expectations of winning and the fan base has the expectations of winning and we're going to be in front of a great crowd at Audi Field? Yeah, 100%. It's exciting thinking about it, talking about it. Um, and, and being a part of it, you know, ever since the first game that that we've had uh, at Audi, it's it, it's been a uh, you know rock solid every every time we play there, uh, you know, throughout any type of weather, it, it's been unbelievable. Um, and, and the fans obviously deserve it. 
Um, you know, I would say even more so than, than some of the players that have been on the team uh, because, you know, they, they've stuck around for so long um, and, and finally they get to, they, they get to call a place their real home. Um, and, and, that you know, that's awesome. And, and the best thing that we can do is, is to give the fans a championship. Um, and I think, you know, the expectation is great. You need to expect and you need to demand things from, from your club. And, and that's the only way to go about it in sports is, is to demand, um, you know, wins and championships and success. Uh, for a club, and, and that's how we're measured, and that you know that we know that, and that's how uh, this profession works. So, uh, like I said, I think anything other than than a than an MLS Cup uh, this year would be extremely disappointing, and I think all of my teammates could agree on that, and I think all the fans could agree on that as well, um, and that's our goal. I, uh, I I I can't think that you would have any kind of uh, regrets about the last two weeks. Your uh, your march has been fantastic, uh, and I'm hoping that you continue uh, with this stellar form through March, and especially with the national team, but starting this week against Real Salt Lake uh, for D.C. United. So, Paul, thank you very much for taking some time, and best of luck the rest of the season and the, and the next two weeks especially. Thank you, I Appreciate it. For more show information, go to pitchpass.com.